And then I just remember sitting on the plane and like thinking to myself like, okay, this is clearly not working out. <laughs> like, God, what do you want me to do? Because I really thought that I was supposed to be a missionary teacher, you know? Mm. And then I just, not that I heard a voice, but like, you know, and you just know, like mm. God like just sends messages into your heart. Like, yeah. I just knew in my heart that he was asking me like, what have I given you? Mm. You know, like, what are the gifts that you already have? Welcome back to another episode of Capture the Thought. As you know, we always bring amazing guests to the show, and today is no different. As we're joined by Eden Lang, who's a singer, songwriter, and animator. Welcome, Eden. Thank you for having me. It's good to have you on the show. So, let's start light. Is there one song that you have constantly on rotation right now? Like one of my own or... Just a song that you can't stop listening to. That is just your jam for the season. Oh, okay. So there's... That's a hard one because there's a lot. But right now, I think I would say it's Call Your Mom by Noah Khan. I love that song. Oh, okay. It's my air and water right now. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that song is just so good. Yeah. I, I haven't listened to it. I yeah. should, I should, I'm always on the lookout for new music. Yeah. So I should definitely. I'll send it to you. It's so good. <laughs> and so tell me a bit about yourself, your background and your upbringing. Yeah. Okay. So where do you want me to start? Like right at the beginning? Um, right at the beginning. Cool. Um, your defining moments even. Okay. So I am an only girl in a family of two brothers and I am the middle child as well. So not only am I the only girl, but I'm also the middle child. Mm. And um, yeah, I never grew up in a Christian home. Like I grew up knowing about God, but not knowing God. Mm. And like my mom is a relapsed Catholic and my dad was a Baptist and then um, relapsed as well. So they talked about God. It was like, I always knew there was a God, but I never like, had that relationship with him. I am told that at some stage we did go to church when I was a baby, but I was like two months old, so I don't remember. So I grew up not going to church, not, um, yeah, like reading the Bible with my family. It was like not a thing in our house. Um, and then I was homeschooled up until like grade two. Yeah, up until like grade two. Then I went to my first school, which was, um, an all black school and my brother and I were like the only colors yeah. and plus we were homeschooled so we were bullied a lot because <laughs> sure. we were just awkward and then I moved to another school where we were the only colors in a school of whites and we were bullied even more <laughs> so you've always stuck so out I've always been the outcast I've always been like that middle child homeschooler who's just never fit in anyway and um, then like up until grade seven I was homeschooled again from like grade four to grade seven and then form one I went to move to Bulawayo with my family and I went to a high school where it was just coloreds and I was bullied again <laughs> so I have like a long history of bullying from all sides yeah and um yeah just always been a misfit always been like on the outskirts and I'm very introverted as well, so I didn't have, like, many friends growing up. It took me a while to, like, 
get friends and the friends that I have now they're like my friends from form 2 and they're still my friends to this day it's like I have one or two and that's it <laughs> and um yeah that's like my my beginning my upbringing um I don't know if I should get into more detail no that's perfect yeah. so you mentioned that you didn't grow up knowing well you knew of god but you didn't know god yes and so at what point did you decide that you wanted to have a relationship with christ how did that come about for you so that that one i also ask a lot because there was never a person who came to me and like explained the gospel to me it was just like one day I think I was like 12, 11 or 12 years old and I knelt down in my grandmother's house. I said the sinner's prayer, what I understand now to be the sinner's prayer. And there was just this huge change in my life because like before that I was like very um because of the bullying I think and trauma and stuff like that. I was very afraid. Like I was afraid of people like so much. I was like so afraid of rejection and like I had nightmares growing up and like I felt like people out to get me. So I think it's that fear that like drove me to call on like a higher power and mm. obviously that was Jesus and yeah, Jesus came into my heart and there was just this change like all the fear that I had just like disappeared. I remember it so clearly to this day like the feeling kneeling in my grandmother's house and just feeling this peace come over me like everything's okay and like all the fear just gone and so i think that's how i came to know christ and that's how i came to give my life to god and from there it was just like a huge change not only how i felt but like my family could see that wow like eden is different something has happened to eden and mm-hmm. in my family like i made an impact in my own way like to them as well so i guess that's where the the journey my spiritual journey began Yeah. Wow. And so even after you gave your life to Christ, did you still face the bullying or it's something that you faced but now you could handle it better? Yeah. So um the bullying continued especially like in high school when we moved back to Arari after we went to Bulawayo. The bullying continued. I was also driven to people pleasing. Mm. Like in an attempt to like protect myself. from rejection i became like a people pleaser not only at school but like at home as well like i would just be the one doing all the chores cuz i just wanted my parents to like approve of me i was always doing stuff for my granny you know i was i just wanted that approval i wanted that acceptance and so it drove me to be like a a people pleaser at school as well um but that didn't end well because i ended up like always in the wrong crowd always doing things that were not like authentic to me mm. just so that I could have like you know the approval of others which is kind of sad but I guess we all go through it yeah. <laughs> as teenagers yeah that's so true um how did you get over the I mean do you, is it something that you still struggle with the people pleasing or are you now like in a place where you're just like okay I'm not I'm going to be more authentic yeah. to myself I mean I still obviously struggle with it to a degree but it's a lot it's a lot easier now that i've matured because something you don't know when you become a christian is that it's not like one day you're this way and the next day is like 
all of your sin is gone and you never struggle with anything again and that was like my assumption mm-hmm. because as we go later on into my story like the fear came back like I struggled with fear again later on in life so the people pleasing for me actually ended up translating into my relationship with God so I would find myself like just wanting to please God so much which I think wow. at the beginning was like pure my intentions were pure to start with but there was a degree of like self-righteousness where I wanted to please God so much I would do anything for him like I was willing to go on mission trips and like I would fast and not like boasting about it now to make myself like sound better but I'm just looking back now seeing that I was just so naive in the way I understood the relationship between us and God because I believe that when you're a Christian, you're supposed to just like follow all these rules mm-hmm. and then check all these boxes. And if I messed up, if I sinned, it was like God was angry at me, you know, like um, the fear comes in again. So it was like a form of bondage in my life where I was just like being hypercritical, not only of myself, mm-hmm. but of others as well. And just like being a perfectionist to like a damaging degree. So yeah, the the people pleasing ended up being in my relationship with God and I was trying to be like God pleasing. (laughs) Um, And so I had to like break away from that as well and just come to the realization that no, we are already accepted. Mm -hmm. We are already enough. Like we are already forgiven because of what Jesus did on the cross, not because of anything we can do. Like Mm -hmm. we don't have to add like the cross plus x y and z like it's done Mm. and that's why like jesus said it's finished and so i had to like come to that realization for myself because you hear about it in church and stuff like that but it had to become like a revelation for me and so yeah and one of the things i forgot to mention is like as soon as i became a believer i wanted to go to church like i just wanted to be around other christians and so there was a church that I went to with my mom for a year in Palawayo. And then when we moved back to Harare, we found this other church um, here in Harare. And we went there for like six, seven years. I joined the worship team. I discovered like I had this gift for songwriting and playing the guitar, which I think was directly um, related to giving my life to Christ. It's like it came hand in hand it was like a gift oh, wow. that just came from that relationship and so yeah we went to church and um I would do all these like youth camps and stuff and stuff for kids and Sunday school and I grew so much so much but at the same time yeah I was trying to uh people please God <laughs> which is impossible <laughs> in a lot of ways but yeah that's that's me <laughs> wow um, so a bit more about your purpose. You mentioned how you started going to church and you got involved in songwriting. Um, has You are creative. You're not just a songwriter. Has that always been a part of you, um, the creativity part? Or is it something that you just discovered as you went along? Yeah, so like I mentioned before, like I had a very interesting education. Mm-hmm. Like we were homeschooled a lot. And my dad would be the teacher at home so one thing I forgot to mention is that my dad is a performer as well he's an artist he's a writer songwriter that sort of thing and so 
when he used to homeschool us, he would just be like, here's two hours, go on the computer, here's this um, music production software, learn how to use it, you know? <laughs> and so we would just be put in front of all this equipment and kind of like figure out how to use it ourselves. Like, I remember my brother and I being as young as like eight, well, he was eight, I was like six, and we would get like green screen and my dad's camera and like make a short film. Like that's the kind of education he exposed us to. Hmm. And so I don't know if it's because of <laughs> indoctrination that I was like forced into the creative space or if it was just a calling. Um, but definitely it's something that I've always found interesting and exciting and so fun to like just make something from nothing. And um, I also went to an art school here in Harare for like four years and I learned like how to draw and paint and stuff. And so, yeah, definitely art has been like a huge part of my, my, like my identity and everything. Yeah. Wow. And so at what point did you think, okay, um, I'm going to make a career, career out of this. Is this something that you did for fun or is it something that you always knew that, okay, I'm going to walk in this. And how has God moved you in that? Like, how has, how have you seen him move in that journey? Yeah. So I guess the first time I ever thought like, wow, this could actually be a career for me is the one time I think I was like 10 or 11. I paid the rent with like an animation that I did. Okay. So <laughs> there was a client who my dad was working with and then I said, I can make something for this client. Like I told him like straight away, like I didn't do this, you know, and then I made like this little animation and um, it was like for a really huge brand here and they were so impressed with it and he just kind of like got paid um, on behalf of me because I was a, a minor I couldn't get you know a salary or something like that and then I paid the rent the one month and I was just like okay this is what I'm gonna do like you know it's it's a profitable thing to do like animation and um, like for songwriting um I guess it's like the animation came first mm. and I wanted to make music videos. So I started to like sing into this terrible microphone <laughs> <laughs> and make these cute little animations for my songs. So that's kind of like how the songwriting started. I, I really do think it was like the animation that, that came first. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was. And so how have you seen God lead you in that journey? Have you seen his hand? And, you know, how has he carried you through that? Yeah, so when I first, like, became a Christian, I had no idea that I would end up writing songs and doing it, like, as a ministry. I thought that it was just going to be, you know, a career on the side. And I thought, you know... I wanted to serve God because as I got older and older and serving in the church, I knew that I wanted to impact people for eternity. I didn't want to just be on this earth and like build my own little kingdom and then, you know, die and mm -hmm. leave it. You know, I wanted to do something for God's kingdom. Um, and so for a number of years, like I remember when I was 18, 19 years old, um, I wanted to go into university to study like film and animation 
and I just felt this like strong urge, mm. like I should take a year off and just do missions. And there was actually a missions organization that came to my church, and I did a presentation on, you know, going on the ships and going overseas and that sort of thing. And so I just felt like this overwhelming urge to join them, and it's kind of like I thought, okay. Throw all this that I've learned and all the stuff that I do in my spare time out the window. I'm going to preach, you know. Mm. And um, I also had like a lot of people around me that I guess their um, upbringing and their way of thinking was like, you can only serve God like either as like a teacher, a pastor, you know, you can't do anything else outside of that. Like you have to just do these two things. Mm. So I, I actually wanted to be a teacher for like the longest time. I thought that that was my calling like and um let's just fast forward a bit because it's a long winding road story <laughs> and so I was 19 years old fresh out of high school joining this missions organization and then my parents divorced so like all throughout my life there was turmoil in the marriage but like I always believed that everything would be fine you know like they would reconcile and would just be one big happy family again, right? Um, but my dad, because he was in the entertainment industry, I think he got involved with like the wrong people mm. and he ended up like hooked on drugs and alcohol. And so it caused such a strain like on our whole family. So when they divorced, it felt like, I don't know, like I'd been praying for so long that this family would stay together and God like ignored me <laughs> and mm. here I was I was on the mission field you know I was serving God he was definitely answer my prayers you know and what I didn't understand was that like not everything you pray for gets answered like but I was just so naive in thinking that I'm a generational curse breaker and you know <laughs> <laughs> like just having this um, naivety when it comes to things like that and so I found myself going on mission trips, like doing youth camps and stuff, talking to kids about God. But I felt like so rejected by God mm. and like so abandoned by him. And the divorce wasn't like just a clean cut. Like it was years and years of back and forth and turmoil and fighting. And it was just like a real mess that affected me. And one of the things that like working at this uh, missions organization was um, a lot of people that I opened up to about what was going on with my parents they kind of like used it as ammunition and they kind of like um, how can I say discredited my faith mm. they were like oh there's no way Eden can be a missionary if she's going through this like wow, her faith is not genuine like <laughs> Sure. she's crazy she's got issues you know and obviously like when I was a young 20 something year old at this stage going through this parents divorce like going to um going on a mission trip and crying on the bus like it was something that was happening on the regular so I wasn't dealing with it very well mm. and I let people like discredit my faith because of that but uh how I ended up leaving this missions agency was not only like being let down by 
spiritual leaders that I looked up to, like people that I trusted with, you know, personal information, people that I thought would have my back. Mm. Um, it was also really hard, like as a missionary to raise support. Like I got a job to teach overseas and I couldn't get the visa. I couldn't get enough financial support because like um, the way it worked was like you had to raise financial support to go. And um, instead of getting like people supporting me, all I was getting was, oh, she's she's got family problems. She can't do it, you know. And so here I was saying like, but aren't I, you know, born again in creation in Christ? Like, doesn't mm. this qualify me? But um, yeah, so that never worked out. And then I tried to go on my own to this one country that was not the country that I wanted to go and teach yet, but a neighboring one. It's like got like enough finances to go teach there and everything. After I went to Europe for like three months training. Um, and then I just got like deported from this country. And it sure. was one of the most traumatic experiences of my life. It <laughs> sounds traumatic. And um yeah, it, I felt so alone in that because not only was I, I was not under a mission organization. I didn't have anyone supporting me. Um, my family had fallen apart. You know, it was like I felt so alone in those moments, sitting in the airport, going through this deportation pro uh, process. And what had actually happened was um, the country that I was going to is very hostile towards Christianity. Mm -hmm. And they could tell that. I wasn't just coming to teach. Like they could tell that I wanted to do something else, like preaching the gospel, that sort of thing. Um, and so that was why the door was closed. And I like 100% believed like this was God's door. Mm. Like he had opened this door. I was going to go and teach and like help all these orphans. And like it was going to be this happy ending, you know. Um, but it didn't work out like that. And then I just remember sitting on the plane and like thinking to myself like okay this is clearly not working out <laughs> like god what do you want me to do because i really thought that i was supposed to be a missionary teacher you know mm -hmm. and then i just not that i heard a voice but like you know when you just know like mm. god like just sends messages into your heart like, yeah i just knew in my heart that he was asking me like what have I given you? Mm. You know, like, what are the gifts that you already have? I tear up thinking about it now. Um, because, like, I had, like, shunned this part of me that was the creative side and mm. the artistic side. And I thought that God could never use that. And, like, I had to just kill this part of me. Um, yeah, I get emotional thinking about it. Mm. And then when I landed in Zimbabwe... Like, the first thing I did was, um, after, like, going back to church and explaining to everyone that, oh, no, the missionary teaching thing didn't work out. <laughs> it was very humiliating, very humbling. Mm. Um, the first thing I did was I, I bought a laptop and a microphone. And I was like, all these songs that I've been writing since I was 12 years old need to come out. Like, um, And that's... That's like the roundabout journey of how I ended up 
Yeah. <laughs> wow, that is beautiful. Thank yeah, you. That's a long way. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but yeah. thank you for sharing that because so many people get doors shut in their faces yeah. and they're just left wondering what to do next. And it's it's a beautiful thing to know that God's um, closing of doors doesn't mean that it's the end for you, end for you or that He won't open another one. Yeah. Um, and it's a beautiful thing that you submitted to his call. Yeah. And so how has, how is the music journey going for you um, in that regard? Do you feel like you're in a place where, you know, this is, this is where God wants me to be? Yeah. At the moment, I would say yes. I do know that it has like a time, like there's a time frame to it. Mm. Um, and... If there's one word I could say how I feel, I just feel shielded. Like, mm. I just feel so protected and so, like, safe mm. in what I'm doing and so at peace. Because mm. that's one thing that was going on when I was... Um, sorry, I'm making noise with the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that was going on when I was with this mission agency was that I was not at peace. Mm. Even though it checked all the boxes, like... Kids love me. I love teaching. You know, it on paper, it just worked. You know, it was correct what I was supposed to do, but I was not happy. Like, I was not at peace. Mm-hmm. And that was because I had forgotten, like, the creative little Eden that wanted to just make songs, you know. And the person that God made me to be, like, I shunned that person because of trying to please people and what they told me I should do. And so now I just feel like at peace being myself. Like I've just, I get to create every single day and make songs and write songs, make videos. And it's like the best place to be where you can make a living off of your passion. And also just, yeah, have no limits to what you want to do every day. It's, It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is amazing. And so what do you think is... I mean, besides peace, what else do you think is the most rewarding thing about what you do? Uh, that's, a, that's a tricky one. What's the most re- rewarding thing? I guess I would say the impact that I have on people that listen to my songs. Like, It's not huge by any means. It's not like I have stadiums overflowing with people and... You know, but the people that get it, when they get it and they message me and they say, like, Eden, the song did X, Y, and Z for me. Like, I was going through this and your testimony. And, like, when they connect with me, mm. I tell you, it's like I found a diamond. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the most amazing feeling. Yeah. So fulfilling. Wow. And so what would you say to someone who is trying to figure themselves out. Like they're trying to figure who they are. Um, they're trying to figure out what God wants them to do. What would you t- say to s- such a person? I would say you have to go with your intuition. Mm. Like God gives us intuition for a reason. And like it's not an easy journey. Definitely like being in the music business it's a podcast for another day. <laughs> um, 
and I had to have a lot of discernment on what I say yes to and mm-hmm. who I let into my circle and who I work with. But your intuition is your best friend. Like that's what I would say to anyone who's listening. Like if you just get that ick, walk away. <laughs> <laughs> it's simple like that. And at the end of the day, like our job is not to please people. Mm. Our job is to please God. And there's people that are successful, making money on the top, you know, but God is not pleased with them. And there's people that are doing seemingly insignificantly, but God is pleased with them. And you just have to find where your place is and like where you're at peace with. And when you look in the mirror, what do you see? Are you happy with what you see? Mm. Are you betraying yourself in any way? That's what I would I would say, <laughs> um, yeah, in a nutshell, use your intuition. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Eden, for your time and the, the nuggets and just how honest and authentic you were in sharing your story. And I'm sure it will definitely encourage the listeners. So I can keep you. going. Like, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> Well, we can have you back for part two. Oh, yes. I love that. <laughs> I forgot to warn you that I'm a crier, but <laughs> it's over now. <laughs> no, we appreciate the emotions. Um, it means that what you're sharing is coming from a real and deep place. And yeah. we love that. And I think that's something that will resonate with our listeners as well. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Grace. And until next time, thank you for listening. Goodbye.